Dr. Jeffrey Paul is willing to come on with us now. He previously worked at uh, Mayville State University, worked at the University of North Dakota. One of the subjects uh, that that came up um, is this Ivy League anti-Semitism. The University of Pennsylvania president, Liz McGill, announced Saturday that she is stepping down. Uh, she was head of the University of Pennsylvania uh, Harvard and MIT both are facing backlash because their presidents gave the same type of answer that McGill gave when asked the question uh, if this anti-Semitism, you know, anti, <laughs> you know, basically this this hunting of Jews was okay on the campus. I mean, wh- when you're when you're talking about the very things that Jews have had to endure in time and you're saying that it's okay to do that uh and use it as freedom of speech you know should those presidents be saying that that speech is allowed on their campus when when they're calling for a genocide for example you know and the question became from those those presidents the question became to me very clear and easy to answer and they didn't do it well they didn't when I heard Liz McGill give her answer, I had somebody explain it to me that that day she was thinking much more like a lawyer than the president of a university. And I think that that was right. I think that was absolutely right. Let's get to Jeffrey Paul and talk about it. Jeffrey, good to have you on News and Views. Great to, ha- great to be here, Joel. You know, I have a slightly different spin on what you just said. I, I think that uh, Certainly, President Gay and President McGill were thinking more like people who spend their day talking to faculty members than spending their time talking to a legislator who has an agenda. It's pretty clear Stefanik had an agenda as she was asking the sets of questions. And I think that every time that Gay or or McGill were saying, you know, part of this is contextual, um, it it is contextual. There there, there is some space in here for um, freedom of speech. There's not space for people to be threatened. Well, okay. And, and, I just looked at it when I when I was watching the hearing. There was another factor in this as well. Uh, Claudine Gay, the, the head of Harvard, uh, when she was testifying, when she was asked the tough question, McGill was asked it right after that. And it was like this, this I don't know, this waterfall that couldn't be stopped then where you didn't want to sit and debate your, your colleague and you were going to stick up for your colleague because you're worried that your colleague is being harassed and you're not going to stand for that. And I just got the sense that McGill got swept up in the moment. And I'm curious what you think about that. Well, let let me, let me tell you a short story. So once upon a time I was running a dorm and I had a girl who put a poster on her dorm room that said, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to go to hell. And there was a Muslim student who was a student athlete. There was a, a native American student from one of the reservations out West. Both of those were offended by her sign. So we are in a place where some people have something that they want to say that is perfectly legitimate, and some people who are offended by that sign. How do you navigate that? And when Gay and McGill were saying that there's some context that has to be put into this, they're right. Can people have a march in the middle of campus that says that Israel is wrong and the PLA and Hamas need to be respected? Having a protest is fine. Can they be targeting Jews to say, we're going to come and kill you? Hell no, they can't do that. And and that's the context that I think, I think Gay and McGill did a bad job because they were not prepared to talk to Congress. But um, I, I don't think that that means that 
the answer, it's contextual, is problematic. Well, let me put it in a different form then, uh, Jeffrey. What if uh, a student at one of those institutions that you worked at and oversaw certain areas, what if a student wore a T-shirt that said Hitler was right? Then we ask that student to stop wearing it, and he either does or he doesn't, and then we determine whether it becomes threatening or not. And some of the, you know, I, I haven't had that situation, but I've certainly had students that put Confederate flags in their windows. So can we do that instead? No, I I, I think mine is, is tougher, okay. you know, be, and, and no, I mean, mine's tougher because that's really what we're talking about here. We're talking about anti-Semitism, uh, Jeffrey, and we're talking about, yeah. uh, you know, the current event of what's going on. And I, I cannot for the life of me figure this out. And somebody texted in and they said, why is the left having such a problem with anti-Semitism right now? And I think the question's legitimate. I do. And so I, I'm curious how you would deal with a T-shirt like that. So how I would deal with a T-shirt like that is I would ask the student, what was Hitler right about? We would be having a private meeting, he and I. We would talk about what is it he thinks and then whether that's really the expression he has. Now, one of the things you need to remember is that um, State Policy 503.3, it's free speech on campus. Two years ago, the legislature um, made a decision that um, we needed to have a free speech code that leaned on the side of freedom of speech and was not um, concerned as much about making sure that people's feelings were protected. That was something um, Holmberg put us put in charge. He was one of the lead on it, but it was something that the legislature passed. And so there is a state policy that says that students have an absolute freedom of speech with the exception of making a threat. Hitler is right, um, or Hitler was right. I, I, and, and Joel, you, you know this, I'm, I, I, am, I, am a, I identify as a Jew. Uh, I, I don't like what that shirt has to say. That doesn't mean that the person doesn't have a right to say it if it is, in fact, speech that they that they believe in and can defend. So we're going to make sure that students who see that um, are, are getting the services they need. But freedom of speech has got to be one of the things that we cling on to as a society and as, a, um, and as an academic institution. And I don't think that this is a problem with the left. I think that this so is a wait, problem. Wait a with second, people. though, Jeffrey. I want to get into the whole left right problem or perspective okay. right okay yeah. in just a second my my question of you going back to the scenario i just laid out and we don't yeah. need to keep repeating exactly this scenario because i find it offensive but there's a reason i asked it which is this uh would you ever forgetting the holmberg bill but all of that would you think that a campus president should tell a student that they can't wear that shirt on campus? Um, <laughs> I, I understand the answer you want is, of course, the president should say that. And I, I, I don't, don't know the answer. I, Jeffrey, I don't know the answer. I know the T-shirt's offensive. I think it tells me a lot about that person. I think that I'd find that person to be nothing but disgusting. I think that the Confederate flag, and I've said this many, many times yeah. on air, I find the Confederate flag disgusting. I think that people who support it and, and brag about it and display it, I think that they show exactly who they are. But the biggest question here is whether or not they should be allowed to do it. 
I have never had a situation where I've asked the students to stop doing something and they haven't done it because they respected the community. I appreciate that that is not the same as saying you cannot do this, um, but I, I do think that most people are reasonable. And if you can say we're going to control, and, and I don't know how close we are to a break, but one of the things that I think is important we talk about in terms of free speech are the policies that uh, the Supreme Court set out, which relate to time, place, and manner. There are times and places where something is appropriate and times and places where they are not. And so it would certainly be legitimate for a president to say, we don't want you to wear that to class. You cannot wear that to class. would be a perfectly legitimate thing for a president to say. That's different than saying you can't wear it whenever you're walking around your dorm when you're not in class. So time, place, and manner can come into this as well. And again, Gay and McGill were talking about context, and that context is a part of this. So did they answer correctly? They answered correctly. They did not answer in enough detail. And Stefanik didn't give them that room. Well, it, when you say they didn't answer in enough detail, I think that McGill's case, uh, when she came out afterwards and explained the whole, hey, this is what I should have said, or she didn't flat out say, this is what I wish I would have had time to say, I thought her answer was brilliant. I thought it was very, yeah. but then, of course, it was prepared. But then instantly I find out that she resigned after it. And so... I'm like, did did she, like many people I think, do resign too quickly? I think she didn't want the controversy to be about the institution. She was comfortable with it being about herself. She protected her school, and that's a choice that a lot of times professionals make. Okay. And I think you're right about that. I, I think you're spot on right about that. I want to I want to take this also in the direction of, you know, we talked about left-right. You know, we're going to get to there. Uh, Jeffrey, how much time yeah. do you have for me? Can I take a little more I, of your time? Yeah, I got what you want. Okay. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk about the left, right. I also want to make reference to when it became okay to do a lot of what's happening. And I'm not just talking about uh, the, the the issue of individuals that are, are I'm not, we're not just talking about Jews. That is not what, what this is on. When it became okay to publicly hate someone. And, yeah. and I'm curious what Jeffrey's going to say about that. So stick around. More coming your way here on News and Views. I want to get back to Jeffrey Paul. We're having a talk about freedom of speech. We're talking about anti-Semitism. We're talking about a lot of things that's going on in this country today. Uh, Jeffrey, I want to talk for just a second before we go on to the left and the right side of this issue about when it became okay. When it became okay. Because I cannot imagine in either of the Bush administrations or the Clinton or the Obama administration, it becoming okay to act this way? Did it, did it start when uh, Donald Trump made it okay for us to hate each other verbally? And, and, you know, at this point, we're out of my academic depth, and I'm just, I'm just a guy. But, you know, I, social media has got to be a part of this. I think that um, there was a famous book in the late 1980s called Bowling Alone, and it had this notion that we as a society were moving away from uh, caring about our community and instead finding very small groups of people that we would hang out with. Um, I, I remember your sister out on the stump speech whenever she was running for senator, and she would talk about how whether I liked you or whether I didn't, whether I agreed with you or whether I wouldn't, when we needed to put a roof on the church, we got together and we did it. Part of her speech. And I'm not positive that we have the same sense of community anymore, and I'm not sure how much of that is the social war that our two political parties are fighting. I don't know how much of that is 
social networking and social media and Facebook have made us more angry with each other and more comfortable in being angry and probably getting a critical mass with that angry group. You know, I think about the, the nooses at the Tea Party protests whenever Obama was running and, and um, you know, the, the, the Jews will not replace us that just happened in Charl you know, in, uh, in Charlottesville not long ago. I, I don't know whether those are the kind of things that the F the police from the left. I don't know whether those are the kinds of things that are making a coarsening of our society and how we have internalized the idea that those, that those things are okay. Okay, well, then let me take it this way, uh, because somebody asked me about left versus right, and they, they knowing, of course, that, that I'm on the left side, you know, why this anti-Semitism, why this hatred of Jews is showing up. And I said, well, I don't know if hatred is the right word. I know this, that there are many people that are young on the left side that are have uh, come out for the Palestinians. They feel that they've been treated uh, very unjustly. They think that uh, you know Netanyahu has treated them as second-class citizens and is doing exactly what he's always wanted to do to the Palestinians. And then I say, well, if you look at it from the right uh, and you see the the hatred of of Jews from the right, it stems far more from the whole Christian is the only way you can possibly think. And I'm curious what your take on what I told for an answer there, what I said for an answer. I think lots of people can hate lots of people for very different reasons, and that doesn't mean that it's not hate. I, I think you're spot on. I think that um, we have younger people who have grown up understanding about America's two greatest sins, slavery and um, the eradication of the Indians across the, the, the plains, and they look at what Israel has done to Gaza and West Bank over the last 50 years and say, you know what, that looks a little bit the same. And it does look a little bit the same. Now, I, I will say that as somebody who loves Israel, that part of the reason for that is related to the security issues that the terrorist groups within those um, populations have done. But that doesn't mean that a regular Joe Schmo who's trying to run a watch shop or a bodega or something along that line in Gaza hasn't felt the effects of the, the IDF. I mean, I think younger people have grown up with a very different vision of the jingoistic America that you and I probably grew up with and said, maybe there's a little bit of, of lack of freedom that goes on and we need to figure out a way to be equal for everybody. So when did it become okay? Was it just in your opinion, social media, as you said, or because it, it appears to me to be okay? I I think that's a contributor. I don't know that that's the only thing, but I'm positive that's a contributor, Joel. It has to be. Well, okay, let me give you an example of, of what my take on a lot of this has been. Yeah. Silence. Yeah. Silence is what's made it okay. And and I don't know if that's based out of fear. I don't know if it's based out of, the, you know, the fact that in, in my home state, there aren't that many people, right? And so if I'm at a place where the N-word starts getting used – you know, if I'm there, they're they're more than likely not going to use it because they know I'm going to find it repulsive. I'm going to, I may even say something, and and for that very reason, they don't like me very much in certain crowds. But you know, my point is this: that silence. You're going to say knock it off because you're a decent guy. Well, but silence, but silence is what's going to has allowed it, right? Yep. I mean, yep. you know, I have argued on this very airways, and it's going to make people mad when I say this. That one of the passions that that solid base of 35 has for Donald Trump is he's made it okay for them to live their lives the way they live it. 
he, I absolutely agree. He's made it okay for them to be anti-Semitic. He's made it okay for them to be racist. He's made it, you know, it, th- there's a lot of things that he's empowered them to do. Yes. We would never have a presidential candidate say, I will shoot people as they cross the border if they have a backpack and I think that they're here to do bad. We would never have had that eight years ago. Right. Right. Absolutely. We would never have a president who made it okay to say he would grab a woman in her private area. We'd, yep. we'd never, never have that. We, the, the, neither party, neither party would do that. And Jeffrey, I thank you for the conversation. I enjoyed it, and uh, we got to do it again someday. Hey, look forward to it. Thanks, Joel. You bet. Jeffrey Paul, ladies and gentlemen, what do you think? Do you think that those presidents uh, of those institutions, Pennsylvania, MIT, Harvard, uh, the one from uh, Pennsylvania has already stepped aside, and there's an article to history there. Uh, Liz McGill is somebody that I've had the pleasure of meeting and a good and decent person. But, you know, somebody did say when you look at how they answered that question that in that window, the window that they were given, uh, not what they should have been given, but were given, that very much it was of legal ease. And I'm curious what you think about that.